Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. Welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. On this podcast, we'll be talking about life and kayak fishing. Every week, we'll have a special guest, whether it's a tournament angler, a content creator, or just a regular guy or girl who just loves to go kayak fishing. So grab a cold beer, sit back, and enjoy the show. Bass Kayak and Beers is sponsored in part by Douglas Rod. Go to douglasoutdoors.com to check out their full lineup and locate your nearest authorized dealer. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track monitored accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. Hello everyone and welcome once again to the Bass kayak and beers podcast on the paddle and fin network uh today i finally got one of my favorite uh content creators on youtube his name is eric salario he runs the hooked up to grind tv if you haven't watched it um you can check it out on youtube he mainly focuses on um skinny waters here in texas it's one of the main reasons why i got into kayak fishing is watching his channel i loved it i've been a huge fan of him um, so I'm super honored to have him on my show and I'm going to bring him right on. So welcome Eric Salario. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Just here living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you taking time, man. I know you had a super busy schedule today, um, with the kids at the karate and work and all that. So I really, <laughs> really do appreciate you taking some time to join us on the show. And I know it's been a long day, so I'm not going to have you here the whole night talking about fishing, but we do want to talk about your awesome um, YouTube channel uh, for those that haven't followed you and uh, and some of the stuff that you, some of the adventures that you've gotten to in, in recording for Hooked Up to Grind. So first of all, Eric, start telling us a little bit about you. What do you do for a living? How you got into kayak fishing eventually, how you got into the idea of doing YouTube videos? Okay. So, uh, been fishing my entire life uh by the way my name is eric, eric salario or eric silerio um however you want to say it but uh been fishing since i was really two my grandpa got me into it huge cat fisherman um he wasn't really into bass fishing i kind of went on my own and did that i couldn't sense i couldn't stand to just sit there and wait for my barber to go down or a fish to a catfish to come but i got into bass fishing heavily and uh 
and I've loved it since I was a kid. Kayak fishing, I'll be honest, the first time I was ever in a kayak was in 2004. I went on an overnight kayaking trip with a couple buddies and was in a six foot or not even six foot. It was probably a five and a half foot small little pelican sitting inside. And I flipped and flipped and flipped and hey, I swore I would never kayak fish again. And my buddy that was in a wilderness sit on top was like, Eric, I think you're just too big for that sit inside. He's like, they're so wobbly. You need to give it another shot. And eventually I did. And, and oh my gosh, I fell in love. It took my fishing to like a whole nother level. And uh, so that's really how I got it. I bought my first kayak. It was a heritage angler from Academy. My dad actually helped me pay for half of it. He said, if you, if you work, pay half, I'll get the other half. And man, that's it. it took off from there. And uh, the whole way the YouTube deal got started I've always enjoyed filming, photography, uh, videos, things like that. And uh, growing up, um, for some reason, my grandpa and I, me and my grandpa are like close. It's like that he raised me. He's like a dad to me. And uh, he would always tell me, you know, me, you need to cherish these fishing trips and you need to remember them and this and that. So I, there when he was getting older towards the end, I said, you know what? I went and bought a big old camera, a Sony. I said, I'm gonna start recording our, our fishing trips, you know, just for me to have. And I still have a DVD where we went to Choke Canyon and saw alligators and fished off his boat. We had a great nice. time fishing. And uh, after after doing that, I had no clue about GoPros or anything like that. I didn't know what, what they were and uh, stumbled upon YouTube and saw Robert Field did a Devil's River trip. That was the first yeah. time I'd ever seen anything like that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I thought our video was awesome. That just blew my mind. And uh, Robert Fields, I, I got to give him props because I messaged him and he messaged me back on, on Instagram. And I just said, man, I'd love to do this. What's the biggest tip you can give me? And he goes, Eric, just talk. He said, talk in your videos he said i haven't seen any of yours yet or anything and at the time i only had these this two videos up on youtube and there was nothing but music in the background and he nailed it right on the head he goes eric when guys start out the first thing they do is add music he goes don't do that he goes talk people love when people talk on their videos and uh that that's what i did i started <laughs> just mumbling random stuff while i was out there just kind of like I don't know, enjoying the trip, uh, trying to let people know what I was seeing, what I was feeling, the way I was working my base, things like that. And, oh man, I've, I've loved it ever since. So. It's, it's, it's funny how one thing leads to another in the sense that you were inspired by Robert Fields and here you are making videos. And I, for one, was inspired not only to read, to get into kayak fishing, but also to record videos. Now, now, I don't really do the whole YouTube thing like you do, um, but it's funny how one thing, you know, one action can lead to this chain of events where other people get inspired to enjoy <laughs> it. And one of the things that I really love about your videos is like, it, it's just, it's not gimmicky. It's not full of clickbaits. It's not, it's not, it's just you on your adventure in kayak fishing. Now, you mentioned that Robert Fields, one of the first videos that you saw was on the Devil's River. Yeah. And primarily, you do a lot of river fishing, right? That's Is that your, yes. like your favorite uh, way That's, to spend kayak oh, fishing? Oh, yeah. 
I, if yes, um, I get asked all the time, Eric, why don't you do tournaments? Why don't you lake fish more? And my dream, obviously, is to catch a double digit bass. And I know finding one of those in the river is going to be like finding a needle in a haystack. But truthfully to me, it's more than that. I, I enjoy, you know, getting up in the morning, loading up and just being out on a small river, listening to the birds chirp. Um, yeah seeing the fog come up off the off the river i mean it's oh, it's just so peaceful out there it's things that you don't get to see like out of the lake you're flipping you know stick ups or fishing grass lines and and don't get me wrong i would i would love to get into tournament fishing things like that but my heart i think is is has always been at the river it and i don't know for me when my grandpa passed away um that's where I felt closer to him. And, and I just, to me, that's my second home. It's just always being out on the river. I always feel like he's with me and oh, man, I love it. And what you, obviously uh, you're from Texas, but what yes, part of Texas do you live, Eric? Uh, I guess the hill country. For, I, I grew up in a small town um, called Mason. I'm not sure if you know where it's at, but it's a really yeah. small town um, by Fredericksburg, Texas. Nice. And do you have what rivers you like to target in that area? Um, so my obviously the Llano River in Mason, gorgeous river. I highly recommend if if you've never done that one, do it. It's got beautiful bluffs, um, just um, amazing like cliffs, rock ledges, bluffs that I mean there you won't see them anywhere else. Uh, here where I live now in Curvial in the hill countries, I guess is what they consider it. Um, Some of my favorite rivers, uh, Gua, the, the Guadalupe, uh, gorgeous cypress trees, huge cypress trees. But I think the prettiest river I've fished is probably a tie between the Medina and the Frio. I will warn you guys, um, if you're going to do those rivers, check the flow because they dry up quick. So yeah. I actually got, I got stranded. On, I've been stranded on both of those rivers and we ended up having to drag over two miles just They, oh we, yeah, we didn't check the flow and it looked good and we took off. Next thing you know, we we're dragging all the way back to our truck. So we're going to, I know the Brazos River has their own website where you can check the flow. Just, that's usually why I check where I'm going to either below Whitney Dam or below uh, Possum Kingdom Dam. But is there any other website that you recommend to check uh, flows in different rivers? Uh, for us here, I've always used, um, I just know it abbreviated. It's the USGA um, mm. flow rate chart. So I'll just type it in now and say, you know, what's the flow on the Medina? And it'll bring it up and let you know. And you want to be about 120 right now. I think yeah. it's like a 30 or, I mean, it's really yeah. low. <laughs> But yeah, I've done the, um, the Brazos Possum Kingdom Dam uh, at 50. It's fun, but it's like, man, because once it gets that low, <laughs> the bass really move down river. Yeah. They have to go, you know, going down with the current is fine, but, you know, you got to go like a mile, mile and a half down to find them. And right. then once you do, you have to remember, they have to, now you, you can't use the current in your favor. A lot of times you just have to get out of your kayak and just, you know, trek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's not <laughs> yeah. fun. It's worth it, but it's not fun. <laughs> Definitely. What yeah. is uh, what are the rivers that you you mentioned the ones that are close? Have you done the Devil's River? Yes, yeah, so I've done the Devil's River about man, I I think 
three or four times. And that is by far, oh my gosh, that is a gorgeous river. It's not as dangerous as what people make it out to be. But I think the reason it is, which I I know a lot of things can happen so quick. Um, Mainly, there's just no cell service. So if you get stuck out there, if something happens, you're SOL, man. You you have to find a way to get out of there. But uh, highly recommend doing that river. It's it's amazing. That that probably is one of the prettiest rivers you'll ever see. I've heard really good things about it. That's on my bucket list. Now, when you go, if you for somebody that has never gone to the Devil's River, do you recommend? Is it as easy as like as, assuming whoever's going has experience in kayak fishing and is an avid um, at least. Um, avid with the kayak, even if it's not fishing, but, you know, it's very familiar with a kayak. It's very comfortable with a kayak. So assuming the person is very comfortable with a kayak, do you recommend going on a devil's river, you know, not necessarily never by yourself, but two or three guys have never been there, or do you recommend always getting a tour guide until you get used to the river? Man, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If you're good in a kayak already, like you said, and you've been on multiple camping trips, you won't have any problems, uh, not unless someone gets hurt. Uh, I think the the plus of going with a guide, my brother-in-law, Ike, uh, Ike the Fishing Gringo, he guides out there. The plus of going with one is there are certain spots that you will get self-service. So that's one. He can show you where those are. Um, and they are along the river. It's just knowing where, what section of the river to stop. If not, you'll fly through. And I mean, just like that, it's it's gone. You'll lose it. So that's a plus. The second one is he knows where it is legal to camp. Um, it's not hard to find legal spots, but being that you've never been out there and you're just kind of sh- shooting in the dark, you could pass up a spot and end up having to. We we've we've actually been on the devils twice where we've seen guys paddling in the middle of the dark. I mean, it's midnight now and they're like oh is this camp and we're like no this is where we're camping um they're like where's paddlers camp and they're still two miles from it because they don't know more or less yeah where to stay but i will say those are the two biggest things but i've, I've known plenty of groups that have gone without a guide and they they have a great time they are you know as long like, like you said as long as you got kayak experience and you've done overnight trips you you'll be good man and one thing about the devil's river from what i understand is you have to camp in the islands between, yes. you know, banks. Yes. You cannot camp in <laughs> no. on the shoreline, right? I think that's no, a no. huge no-no. Yeah, yeah. Some, I guess, especially once COVID hit, um, my brother-in-law, who's still he's still guiding out there, he said there's so much boat traffic, and the landowners are just kind of fed up with it. You know, with the trash, with people stepping on their land, and then you know, dumping. Uh, it's supposed to be pack in, pack out. So many times yeah. guys are, are still going out there, using the restroom, leaving toilet paper, um, doing things like that. So I, I get it. And uh, they, they are upset. So I, I will warn you, if you do do the devils, make sure you pack in, pack out, pick up your trash and just make sure to stay on the islands. And there's there's plenty of them. So Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com 
You should be good. Any any smallmouth in the Devil's oh. River? I heard. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So uh, that is like the pinnacle for me here in Texas was to fish the Devil's River because I've always wanted to catch a smallmouth. My first trip on the Devils, everybody caught smallmouth but me. And that's because of this right here. I was so stuck. I'm like, yeah. I just want to throw it. You're not going to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't happen, man. Every, everybody caught them but me. So second go around, um, started with my swim baits. And I finally, I was like, you know what? I give up. So I did finally catch my smallmouth bass. And it's really stoked about it. <laughs> What was the biggest but, one, the guys that did you when you have either you or the guys that have been going out there? How, what's the biggest smallmouth you've gotten? The biggest one that I've seen, I'm actually staring at my brother in law. He he got it for me as a gag gift on our first devil's trip. He stuck, I want to say it was it was three and a half or four pounds. Um, beautiful oh. smallmouth bass. And that trip I didn't catch one. So for my my birthday's on Christmas, he got me a, a magnet and stuck it on our fridge. So <laughs> Oh, that's awesome man. yeah but it's it's, it's, it's huge go ahead go, go ahead i'm sorry I, I was gonna say man it truly is one of those trips where like you go into that trip as good friends close friends best friends whatever it may be but you come out as brothers because those are the only guys you're going to talk to for the next four to five days and you rely on them a lot i mean if if you're out of water they've got you or someone needs food or someone actually you know gets hurt my uh, my brother-in-law someone had stuck a trot line at the bottom of uh gay Morden rock and he flipped out of his kayak and thank god nothing happened but he ran into that trot line and they had those big catfish hooks that actually yeah. went th through his shoe and then right right between his big toe and his uh his second toe how it, he got so lucky man and that's that one of those really things lucky. yeah it was one of those deals where he was just like he came up for a split second said eric i need help took off his shoe and we got him out and i mean that's what to me makes um you rely a lot on each other. You never leave each other alone. You make sure to stick together. And, and like I said, you come out truthfully as brothers and closer than ever, man. It's a, it's an experience. So how long is the biggest, uh, how long is the longest trip you've done in the Durrells River? Like you said, four or five days? Yeah. So we did, I think it's 20, 23 or 26 miles. Um, wow. We did from Baker's Crossing down to, uh, Gerald Bailey's that he calls it Devil River Outfitters. Um, oh, yeah. So we, we get out at his house and you can't miss it. He's got a huge flag. His house is epic, man. It's built into a cliff. It's it's just one of the most epic houses you'll ever see. But yeah, you can't miss it. It's it's an awesome, awesome trip. Nice. So there we go. Smallmouth. Shout out to Brad Higgs from Final cast. He's been wanting to go to Devil's River to catch some smallmouth. So we'll hook him up with that. Oh, yeah. Some way, somehow. <laughs> he doesn't like to travel, but we'll talk him into it. <laughs> so other than you mentioned the Devil's River, Frio, uh, Medina, what what's other what other like must go, must do bucket list rivers you recommend here in Texas? In Texas? For sure, the Llano. I mean, you're going to see those beautiful bluffs. You're going to want to do the Medina, the Frio, obviously the Devils. Um, 
one of the prettiest rivers that I've done. And it, I wouldn't fish it again because it turned into just a bit, a huge float fest. I mean, we couldn't, we caught fish, but it just wasn't happening and they weren't biting. And, but the float was pretty, it was the Nueces river that, that yeah, there was some spots where it was probably 15 to 20 foot deep and you could just see, I mean, all the way to the bottom. It was, it was pretty awesome. And, uh, so getting to see that type of stuff to me is, is just awesome. But unless unless we just missed all the fish, I wouldn't say the fishing is that great out there. I see. What about the Guadalupe? You've done the Guadalupe, I'm assuming, right? That's yeah, so, so that, that's in my backyard. That's literally I, – oh, I cool. Yeah, if, if I'm fishing a river, 90% of the time I'm on the Guad. Um, like I said, that that river to me is is – like a home it's right here i've caught my pb out of it um and i fished so i live in Kerrville. i've done the stretch from the headwaters and hunt all the way down to comfort not in one day but like since i've been here the past five years that's that's the stretch that i've done and there's some big bass out here i'll say that <laughs> nice what's your what's your pb now that you mentioned it a hair shot under eight pounds i missed it by an ounce <laughs> Really? Wow. Yeah. I've seen I'm, some of the fish that you've caught. I cannot believe you haven't caught a double digit. Man, I know. Because you have caught some monsters, man. I wish. Yeah. I've, I've, I've come close to break. I've caught so many sevens that have been close to breaking that eight. And still, it's pulling an eight or a nine at a true out of a river is, man, it's tough. It doesn't, I, I mean, even like my buddy Manny, who fishes way more than I do, I think his biggest out of a true river is eight, but I know he's pulled out a nine and a 10 out of Dunlap, which is somewhat of a river, but it, we, we consider it more of a lake, but it's, it's tough, man. It, it is hard to pull a, an eight or a nine out of a true river. It's, it's, it's really hard. That's uh, Manny from uh, Skinny Water Boys TV, right? Right. Yeah. Manny B. <laughs> Manny B. Shout out Manny B. Great channel, by the way. That's another oh, one of my favorite. You guys have done uh, collaborated a couple of times i remember uh -huh. yeah he's a good buddy of mine we we try to get out like i said uh had a baby girl back in december she's a year congratulations and, thank you she's a year and four months and like i was saying earlier man it it just made it tough to get out i had to stay home help mom so kind of put a halt on my i was doing uh videos every week and then once kyler was born um had to put a halt on it for a little bit just to stay home help around so now that she's older she's walking running around i'm able to get out and oh man i'm back at it i, I love it no it's a it's it's an amazing we can see the joy you have with it like you guys are always if you're not fishing you're just kind of like fooling around jumping from cliff you know having a beer that's what i love about your yeah. videos not just about fishing it's about just guys having a great time out in nature whether you catch a fish or not and obviously bonus is for the most part you catch a bunch of fish and for the most part they're pretty big which is also awesome to watch on the <laughs> on, on your youtube channel now let's talk a little bit about if you when people go to like people that are not familiar like i'm not that familiar with rivers now i've done the brazos river uh, i loved it I I've, I've, I should really get more into river fishing. I know I do a lot of lakes, but one time doing the Brazos River, I'm like, 
sweet lord this is this is awesome <laughs> i mean it's a it seems to be a lot more fun than a lake just because of the dynamics of it and i don't know if to me it seems a little bit easier to catch fish because obviously you don't you know it's you don't have to overthink it you know you don't have to break it down like you're doing a lake you're just going down the river you see the spots where you think okay current break uh letty or whatever let's let's cast in here and for the most part you can figure it out pretty simple where they are you know unless there's some um uh, underwater structure that you need a fish finder for but for the most part it's just following the coastline and just looking for those nooks and cracks that um they're going to be hanging out so i think it's awesome i love it i wish i could do more of it um But what do you recommend as far as baits? I know you're big on big swim baits. So tell us a little bit about what you do. You know, why do you prefer swim baits over jigs or any other bait out there? Why is it, do you feel it's more effective or do you use it because you want to get big fish? So truthfully, I started using big baits because I wanted to get bigger fish. Um, When I first got into kayak fishing, obviously, you can see in my videos, I was throwing tons of conventional. I mean, jigs, spinnerbaits, chatterbaits, uh, Texas rig. That's that's it was 100% conventional. But I noticed that I was I was catching lots of fish, um, but they weren't that big. I mean, some, every now and then, granted, I would stick you know anywhere from a three to a five pounder, but it wasn't consistent, and. Uh, I don't remember. I think I might have just stumbled across it maybe on tactical bassin or crazy bass fish. I don't remember what YouTube it was, but I remember seeing these guys chunking these huge baits and I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if that would work in a river. And uh, I went out and bought um, a $30 bait, which at the time I was like, oh my gosh, my wife's going to yeah. kill me $30 on this swim bait. What am I going to do? <laughs> And uh, I fell in love with it. Just, it was kind of a rush seeing these these little fish. I was seeing fish I'd never seen before. I was casting at the same spots I would with a jig. And I would see little fish and big fish. They'd come out. And if even though I wasn't working the bait right, they at least would look at it. Yeah. And it showed me where they were hiding. So even though I missed them that day, I'd come back and do the same run and I'd, I'd present it different. And I started landing consistently more of these bigger fish. And I was like, Oh my gosh, man, the, these baits are working. Like they, they're no joke. I, and it just, I was hooked after that. As soon as I bought, this is a depths 250. The first one I bought was a 175, which is about half the size of this one. This is a 10 inch bait, um, five and a half ounces, but, uh, I'll never forget my very first trip using the depths 175 i stuck a six and a half and a four and a half and i'd only been fishing for i think i was out there maybe an hour and i was like oh my gosh dude this is incredible <laughs> after that i was i was like swim bait or die that's all i'm throwing <laughs> so whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear. 
which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. I do carry. It, <laughs> Go ahead. Is it, is it one of those things? Because I know the kind of like myth of uh, big swim bait is you're going to get one or two bites at the most on a day. Do you do you feel that's accurate? Or you think as we're talking about the river? If, if once you get the hang of it, how many bites do you expect to get on a big swim bait? Because obviously it's not going to be as big as throwing a net rig probably, but obviously they're going to be bigger fish. But how many bites do you usually get when you're throwing big swim baits? Man, truthfully, if I can get three to five, that's a great day for me. Um, I went out this weekend and fished from 9.30 till I think it was 4 o'clock. About, yeah, it was about seven or eight hours, and I caught three fish, and it was a three nine, a three eleven, and a six and a half. And uh, I was good. stoked. Yeah, I was stoked about that. I mean, that that was an incredible day for me. I, and and I I expect that going out there with the big baits. My uh, we have a friend that we call spinnerbait Steve. He had gone and fished the same stretch of river two days prior and caught thirty fish, but they were you know he told me he goes Eric they were all you know a pound and a half to two mm-hmm. to three pounds, which is, it, that's an amazing day. I would yeah. never turn down 30 fish, but for me, I, I just got to the point where I'm like, I, I want to chase those bigger fish now. And, and, and that's another reason that some of my videos lack, I, you know, back in the day when I was throwing convention, I could go out and stick, you know, seven or eight fish, make a video, shoot it out. Now, I tell my wife all the time, I'm like, sometimes I feel like I just wasted a Saturday because I am throwing these big baits <laughs> in. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, I might catch one or I might get skunked, but you just, you never know. And unless you're out there, you see, you got to have a, a bait in the water to, to see what's going to happen. What's, uh, what's some of your favorite big swim baits that you use? Um, so my favorite is obviously the UFO swimmer. That bait straight up kills it. Uh, the working class zero citizen, I think everybody needs that bait. If that's one bait, I'd probably recommend that bait over all of them just because it works year round and it's weedless. So, and and they're fairly inexpensive. So you can, you know, you can fish them, um, through really through any structures, grass, you name it. Um, an amazing, amazing bait. And then my next two would have to be this depths 250 and trout. And uh, Mike Buka Bullshad. Oh yeah, Mike. That's a classic. That's the OG. <laughs> Dude, yeah, he's he's got it figured out, man. He's. <laughs> I don't think that there's. Definitely... That's that's one amazing amazing date. Yeah, it is. Now, when you think about the Guadalupe, which they stocked, I think this year they stocked twenty thousand trout, and mm-hmm. from what I've heard from uh, uh, fishing guides in the Guadalupe. Um, I think something like 30% of the stock trout do survive um, uh, the year round. Plus, they, like I said, every year they stock like 20,000. So that big, like the one that you have right there for those that are watching on YouTube or Facebook, I mean, those big swim bait trouts on that, on that Guadalupe where their bass are actually, you know, you're not just throwing a big swim bait. You're actually matching the hatch as well. Right. For the most part, when you throw a big swim bait, like a trout is, unless you're throwing it on the Brazos River or on the Guadalupe River, you're really not matching the, the hatch. But in those cases, 
they are. How effective are those uh, trout fishing swim baits on the, for example, the Guadalupe? Man, it, it's it's amazing. That's all I can say. It, it's flat out awesome. Like I tell everyone, um, it's cool to buy a bait for a, a lot of uh, fishermen buy baits based on the color, the paint, things mm -hmm. like that. But if to, for it to truly be effective, you you like you said, you have to match the hatch. I mean, you have to fish what what's in your area during uh, during the time when uh, when uh, bluegills are spawning. You know, I go with my Matt Lures hardgill, which is like a sunfish, and that bait just gets crushed. It, I mean, Matt Lures makes a, an awesome bait yep. uh, when the shad are moving and and and. And it's windy. I'll throw on that Matt Lures hard gill. That's in a shad pattern, nice silver, and and that one gets smashed. So um, it's just little key things that you'll start to notice. I the more more time you spend out on the water and see what your home waters are doing, you'll know what what's out there and what I mean, what the fish are doing, what they're keying on. Um, all the times that me and Manny have fished the guad out here, uh, we started noticing that all these massive shads were schooling and, and, and just swimming along the banks together. And that's what kind of led into uh, me fishing the citizen. I was like, dude, this citizen, when I first got it, I was like, man, this thing's huge. I don't know if it's going to get bit. And sure enough, I mean, it, it just a rush of seeing those bass crush these big baits is enough for me. I mean, it's, it's incredible. I can imagine it's 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 taking it to another level when you throw a big swim bait and you get that <laughs> big bite. That's it's definitely another level. Um, you mentioned something um, a little bit of, that um, that at first your first try with swim baits you weren't working it correctly. How do you work your swim baits in order to to be effective? And I know there's different type of swim baits. There's like the jointed. Uh, swim baits that beat, but now those are the ones that you move faster usually three joints and then there's the glide baits which usually just yeah, a one joint so how do you how do you work each one differently how how effect how is it that uh, persons should work the glide bait and the swim bait so i'll be honest on that one even though you match the hatch, you've got to figure out what the fish are keying on. Uh, this weekend, when I went out, there's times when I'll burn this glide bait in and, and just go side to side real wide. Uh, there's times when I'll just burn it in because that, the fish want something fast and they want that darting in and out. And the great thing about glides versus a jointed is when you're fishing a glide next to a bank, as long as you let it sink, it can go under that structure and then dart back out and you'll see those fish come after it versus where if you're fishing a jointed and just burning it on top, they, they never get a shot or see, you know, see it coming. So on my glides, if they're not hitting it on a slow, just methodical style back and forth, I'll try to crank it and, and burn it a little faster. And then depending on what they want, that's how I'll end up fishing that bait for the rest of the day. During the summer, when the fish are more active and they, they are chasing my, uh, whether it's a three piece or, uh, uh, the bull shed, that's, uh, four joints, um, mm -hmm. kind of like a frog, they're going to come up and smash it. So I'll throw it out there and I'm burning it just 
people say like, dude, there's no way a fish is going to catch that one. Uh, oh, they'll catch it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I think me and Manny were fishing. He's like, Eric, this was his first time using my bullshad and I was throwing the UFO, which they're both the same. We were both burning them on top. He said, how do you, how do you work your bullshad? And I said, dude, throw it out there, burn it in. I kid you not, man. First freaking fish he lands was a five pounder. He he was like, "Oh my gosh, dude! I didn't think they'd hit it on a burn that quick." I was like, "I I have no clue." I said, "It just you never know if they're gonna want that that fast burn with uh with jointed baits too." Um, sometimes, I, very rarely have I ever caught where I let it sink subsurface and I'm just slowly kind of reeling it in. That very it hardly ever works for me. At that point, I'm throwing my glide. But for my jointed, if you see me fishing it, I'm burning it in as quick as I can. Just throw it out and burn it in. Yeah, and I think that's that's usually like the ones that I bought, that's the first thing that you look, when you look at the back and it says it's meant to burn it, you know, just yeah. burn it. The glide baits, I know it's more of a of a glide and sometimes a twitch on it. Yeah. Which one, which one do you prefer more, the glide or the um, jointed? Or it's just depending on the conditions, how they yeah. work. Yeah. Well, when I'm by myself, just enjoying my fishing, just enjoying my day by myself, I like fishing the glide. I'm a jig fisherman at heart. And I like that real slow. You throw it out there, you pop it twice. I'm, I like fishing slow. I hate power fishing. Really? And, uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a big power fisherman. I just like I like taking my time. And and for me, I love breaking down rivers. If if there's a a laydown or a hole or or a rock ledge, I I want to cast it every single spot. And and that's just the way I like to fish. But uh. Oftentimes I'm with my buddies and man, they're out there cast real cash, real cash, real. So nine times out of 10, if they're fishing like that, as you know, rivers are small, just so mm. my spots don't get blown up. I'll end up switching to a jointed bait and then I'm just throwing it out there, burning it in, <laughs> trying to yeah. keep up with them. But if, if it was up to me, I think I'm, I'd have to stick with, with the glide or, uh, like I said, the citizen, the citizen is kind of like the jig. You throw it out there and I, I wait till it hits the ground and then I'm barely just cranking it in and it feels just like a jig bite. You'll feel that. Boom, yeah. And then, and then, you know, you got them. Nice. What, um, what are some of the challenges about the river that people may not be completely aware of? Cause you know, obviously lakes are different. Um, for me, for example, I do a lot of lake fishing. So if when you're targeting a river and you're not familiar with it, what are some of the hazards that they may not be completely obvious, but you always recommend somebody like, hey, keep an eye on this, keep an eye on that, just for your own safety? Uh, for one, the weather. Um, it's not like a lake. If you're tracking down a river, um, you're not going to be able to just turn around and get off of it quick unless you're running mm -hmm. on someone's land. So I'd keep an eye on the weather for one, uh, two, just from a fishing aspect, man, I have fished with so many guys. Um, they bring too much stuff and they, and they are former lake fishermen and, and they, I don't know how to put it, but lake fishermen, man, they, they'll have 50 different rattle traps and deep dives and, and Ned rigs and just all these plastics. <laughs> And, and you do need that. I'm not saying you don't need it out on, you do need it. But for a river, I tell everybody, 
less rods. If you can stick to three at most, at most four or five, but if you can stick to three, you're going to be better off because nine times out of 10, if you take more than four or five, you're going to end up breaking one. Um, so less rods, less gear. Unless you're going by yourself, um, ask a buddy that has fished that river. Hey, man, you know, I'm not asking you what your secret bait is or anything, but what do they bite on? Jigs? Are they biting on glide baits, swim baits? What What do you recommend? It's my first time fishing this river. You ask. You can ask me if I've been on the river. I'm going to tell you, hey, man, I throw a jig. I would throw the glide bait. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, You know, the fish aren't leaving. I know nine, nine times out of ten, you're going to throw them back anyway. So um, less gears, more, less rods. Um, have every single thing uh, waterproofed. Everything. Mm-hmm. So many guys break phones, uh, break cameras. And at Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages. Things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Life jacket, obviously. Just yeah. make sure to take a life jacket. What, in your opinion, what is the best, um, and this I know this is going to be just your opinion, but what do you think it's the best kayak for a river? Because I know it's going to depend – it's like again, we're going back to this. It's very different than a lake. So I'm assuming a Hobie PA14 is not going to cut it on a on a, a shallow river, right? No. So what is it? What do you recommend is like the best, you know, kayak for river fishing? To me, the best kayak for rivers is the uh, the Kusa HD. It's made for rivers. The front of the kayak is like they had they molded it kind of like circular so you're able to cut through rapids you're able to go down rapids um and it just tracks that that's what it's made for is to do those class one twos and threes rapids that uh, it is it is strictly a river boat it, it down to the point where when they designed it where you put your rods in the back every other Kusa model that you that you'll sit in the rods stick almost straight up no. The Kusa, they're actually angled backwards. And the reason for that is so you can go under those trees without your rods actually breaking or getting caught up. And they built on the rod tip protectors for it. So you can go through grass, weeds, everything. Um, it's just an amazing platform for a river down. In, I mean, I've got three of them. <laughs> so that's my river three, boat. Wow. Yeah. That is, that is nice. my river boat. Um, I, I would say the hardest thing about doing rivers is if you've never done one, people always take too much gear and they don't realize what we, me and Manny, Albert, all of us who do these rivers, they don't realize the struggle that we go through as far as having a portage over bridges, portage over log mm-hmm. jams, um, the dragging we it's very we'll show the dragging every now and then but people don't really want to see that regardless so yeah. nine times out of ten we're going to cut it out but i mean i i take so, so many of my buddies that they're like jesus eric 
y'all y'all really put in this much work just to do a river run? I'm like, man, it's we love it. I mean, that's what we love. Yeah. It's it's just fun it's to adventure. us. Yeah. And and I, I don't know. I I choose that over lakes any day. <laughs> I I remember one of the videos that you had, um, you were just frustrated with all the time you had to like drag and drag and drag. <laughs> you can tell in the video you were like, I'm done with dragging. I think it was right after like like they had we had some bad weather in spring and I think the river got really clogged up with uh debris. But you were really frustrated with that when I remember that video. It's like, yeah, that, I can see how that could be frustrating. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So one of the things that I've noticed on your video, and, I've, and I had Manny Ibarela, um back when I started, um, and it's something that I don't think it's talked about enough, um, and not to bring too much negativity to the river adventure, but something that, especially in Texas, where people have to be aware of, um, and as in most states, the land surrounding the river fishing, the rivers where you're going to fish, it's complicated. There is no, like there's, let's just say there's a lot of gray area where it all depends on your point of view of what the law says, because it's really up to interpretation. Right. Um, and you've ran, you and Manny have both had unfortunate circumstances where you had to deal with uh, landowners and in some cases landowners that have shot, you know, not shot at you, but maybe shot warning shots at the water or up in the air and situations that have gotten ugly. What do people have to, that are going to kayak fishing, uh, have to take consideration? How do, how can you avoid this type of situations and, you know, when it's unavoidable and you're just dealing with this angry homeowner who thinks he owns the river, what do you do to kind of protect yourself? So I've been run off from rivers about, I don't even know how many times, but bad ones about four or five times. And some of the things that, that we've done, I mean, I, I remember when Manny and I were about to do the Medina the good thing is you can call a game warden. So I recommend yeah. anybody doing this. You can call a game warden anytime, day or night. They're going to answer. Um, and we were planning a trip out on the Medina. And we weren't sure. We knew it was the river. But the section we wanted to fish, we had seen where they had, like, put a fence across it. And we're like, man, we know there's some good holes up there. But I wonder if it's legal. And one of the things we did is we did call the game warden. We gave him a heads up. A heads up. We said, hey, man, we're going to be fishing this section of the river um is it legal for us to be out there number one we don't want to get in trouble we don't want to you know cause any drama or anything like that and he flat out told us he said drop me a pin shoot it over he looked at it clearly said y'all are good he goes if there's a, a fence or anything he goes you have every right to you know go through it go around it whatever you know they cannot block off a public waterway and um he was there for us, you know, if he, he, he did tell us, he goes, you've got my number. If they say anything, do anything, um, just give me a shout and I'll be out there and take care of it. And that, that's one of the, the best things you can do. If it's a new section that you've never done just to avoid any of the, the conflict, things like that. Um, but like you said, there has been times where I had, I had floated this section of river many times and, uh, 
we just showed up and one of the landowners was out there and he was pissed and asked us to leave. And um, where we were, the river split. We couldn't get out on the left side. So we had to go back to the right and just keep going down the river. And uh, he started yelling at us and went and got his gun and started firing off warning shots in the air. And, and I told my buddy, I'm like, dude, we're just, I don't know why he's firing shots off. We're leaving. I, I, I don't I don't understand. So. Honestly, all I can say is for me, avoid conflict. Um, what we did in that situation is we, we left. We did mark a pin on our on our on our phone. We sent it to the game warden and we just said, hey, man, this is what's going on. Someone could seriously get hurt. You may want to go give this landowner a talk. This is what happened. Um, and, and they do. They, they really do go out there and talk to them. So that's that's what I would that's that's what I would advise. I, I don't advise getting in, in their face and, no. <laughs> and just causing a ruckus because it can go it can go zero to 100 real quick. No, and it's uh, and that that's one of the things landowners don't understand. You you start sh- shooting, firing. That is, I forgot the term of it. Um, there's a term where you're trying to intimidate somebody by by showing your gun. If you're showing off your gun, I, I think it starts with a B brace. Forgot the name of it, but there's. I, I think it's a felony, honestly. Yeah, it is. Harassing, it, 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 it harassing is. a fisherman. Yeah, it is, and it's actually. Like you can have your, you know, um, open carry. That's when it's on the holster. Once you take it out of the holster, you know, confrontation, that is, becomes a felony because now you're taking it out of the holster. You add to it that you just fired it. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> once you report a few press charges, I mean, that landowner gets into a lot of trouble. But again, it comes down to you may be right, but you may be dead right. You know, at that point, yeah. it's just like get out of there. Call the game warden, local authorities, pin it um, on your phone and show them and let then you each one decides if they want to press charges or not. That's a personal decision. But I think that's the best way. I mean, if there's landowners that you can talk to talk to them, like and I know there was a video of uh, you and your buddy. I think your buddy was the one who kind of talked down this uh, older yes. gentleman um and kind of you know had a uh resolve the conflict by talking but sometimes like you said there's then there's other times like the guy that was firing shots where he doesn't want to <laughs> reason or it's just once you get out so just get out and you know and just report yeah. it so there's nothing yeah. else you're gonna be able to and, do and and right. i i agree with you man i mean something something needs to be said i wouldn't say never don't report it because you know, I, I think back to that time and not that I would have done anything, but had my son been with me, who's five years old at the time, you know, whether he's firing warning shots or not, I don't know how I would have reacted as a parent. I don't know how any parent yeah. would react. And, and that takes it to another level. And that's one thing that I I highly encourage everybody to report these landowners. You don't have to press charges, but they do need to be aware that you got to be careful, you know, like what if someone on a kayak was carrying and had his son with him, they're liable to fire back at him out of protection yeah. for their kid. And, and I would never want anything or anyone to get hurt or get escalated to that point. So I highly encourage people to get game wardens involved and to get them out there just to say, Hey man, what, what you did is wrong. Um, 
whether I, I've never pressed charges or gone to that extent. I just like owners to be aware that, hey, I don't care if you own both sides of the of the water or own the deeds to the bottom of the river. It's a public waterway. And in Texas, yeah. until they change the law, that's it. We have every right to be fishing right there. Yeah. So, and in some cases, I read up on it when we, when we had Manny Barela on, on the podcast. And in some cases, and that applies to like Southern Texas, where it's called Mexican Grantlands. I think the definition was you couldn't own, even even if the title, the deed says you own the river, you couldn't because when those grants were given back then, you know, you didn't have the, you know, the portable water that you have now, the water system that you have now. So those creeks and rivers fed um, village further down. So you couldn't even own it. And today, even if it's a dry creek, you can't even own it. And then again, that's, very specific law that really applies to southern Texas. You don't see much of that here in the Metroplex or northern Texas that I know of. But and even then, why wouldn't you get involved in a dry creek if you're not gonna fish anything there? <laughs> but it's interesting. This is a lot of there's a lot of stuff on those uh on those laws. It's like like it's not clear cut, but basically I think the gist of it is if you can if you can navigate it, then then you're you have the right to fish it yeah. or navigate it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Eric, we've had you over for an hour, and I know uh, you've uh, you're a family man. You congratulations again on on your daughter. She's what a year and a half or two years old now. A year and March. A year and four months. Yeah. Nice. My you have how many girl. kids? <laughs> I've got two boys, Braxton and Cash. They're seven and five, and then Kyler. Finally had my baby girl. Nice. Were you like hoping to get a girl finally? Yeah. Our first kid, I told my wife, I said, I've always, since, I mean, before our first one, I said, I I want the first one to be a girl just because I've always seen, you know, daddy's girl. And I thought it'd be cool to have the daddy daughter first dance and all, all that stuff. I'm a sucker for all the, that wedding stuff. And uh, I always wanted my baby girl. And finally, this last time, I'm like, if we have a boy, this is it. But no, <laughs> I, got, I got, yeah, I got my little girl and we're done, man. Time to focus well, the on, good thing, uh, on fishing. <laughs> I would think the good thing about having an older son and a younger daughter is that the, the son can, you know, your oldest can always protect, you know, when you go to school and all that, you can always watch out for for your daughter versus, you know, having a daughter that's, you know, 10 years old and a son that's five yeah. years old, you know. Yeah. So, man, congratulations yeah. on that. Thank you. Now, looking back in hindsight, I'm pretty pumped. I've got my boys in karate, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait till they get older. And she starts having <laughs> boyfriends because I know they'll take care of her. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Got to get him. Got to teach him since young so they'll know how to whoop yeah, if they you. need to be. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Eric, uh, what can we look forward to on your on your social media, on your YouTube channel? What's coming up next? So the next trip, I was in a, a swim bait tournament called the Pats Tournament. And, uh, oh, yeah. And ended up getting eighth in that one out of 50 of us. And you needed to be in the top seven to place. I, I, I caught a total of 13.9. And I think to get it, I needed 13.11. So I was kind of frustrated, but 
the video is pretty awesome. I was using this bait. It's the Depth 250, an amazing, amazing glide bait. And man, that's that's going to be the next video that comes out. Crystal clear water. I catch, like I said, those two threes and a six and a half. And I had fun, man. It, it was it, that was a good day for me. So that'll be the, awesome. that'll be the next one out. I know you've had um, uh, some companies that uh, kind of, I don't know, sponsored is the right way or word, but uh, that have kind of worked with you. You want to give a, I want to give you a few minutes if you wanted to do some plugins, uh, give them some shout outs. Yeah, uh, for sure. TG Canoe and Kayaks. Uh, they had brought me Manny on, I guess, two years ago to represent um, them as a company and also for the Jackson line, they were really impressed with, you know, some of the river runs that we've done and, and, um, just, just the content that we were putting out and I've got to hand it right back to them and they are genuinely great, great people. And in fact, I went in there to buy a really expensive boat and they actually talked me out of it. They said, Eric, you're fishing rivers, man. Why do you want this, this high end boat? where you're going to be struggling, you're not going to be able to use it. Why don't you start off with the Coos HD? And like I said, now I've got three of them. So um, nice. they're, they're not in it for the money. They are genuinely good people who will put you in the right boat. And, they, and they're not, they have jacks and wilderness natives. Um, what else do they have? I think they've got vibes, um, bonafides, I know for sure. So they've, they've got tons of boats, um, but they're great people check them out tg canoe and kayak in san marcus they they're right on the river so if you want to test out any boats as well they're right there um and then if you want to follow me on instagram i try to post as much as i can just bear with me like like I, we said earlier I, i've got a family so i try to do as much as i can my uh instagram is eric s0495 and uh if you want to check out any of my youtube videos it's hooked off the grid tv nice and go check them out because you're totally going to enjoy. If you love kayak fishing, especially river fishing, you're completely going to enjoy um, Hooked Up to Great TV. So, Eric, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, it. Man. Again, it's an honor to have you here, man. Um, big fan of your YouTube content. Like I said, it's one of the reasons why I got into kayak fishing. Um, so, really thankful that you, that you took time to join us. So, thank you again for those out there listening. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram on the Bass Kayak and Beers.com. I'm sorry, on the Bass Kayak and Beers on Instagram and Facebook. Um, if you have any suggestions for the show, you want to hear from a guest, you can send me an email on the Bass Kayak and Beers at gmail.com. So thanks again, everyone. Hope you had a great day. If you're going to be on the water, whether it's a river or a lake, please be safe with your PFDs. Make sure you get home to your loved ones. So thank you again. Have a great day. Peace out. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, in Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle in Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, in Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle in Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water. 
and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. 